This is Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. We're in conversation next with Matlo Sitati, who's the executive for Food Safety and Sustainability Initiative at the Consumer Goods Council of South Africa. So in recent weeks, news outlets have been reported on disturbing incidences of children being rushed to local hospitals with symptoms of food poisoning. With the spotlight firmly on spaza shops, we are seeing more government institutions conducting raids based on the complaints communities have made on whether these shops are following business regulations in relation to food safety and how this poses a health risk for children. To help us understand the importance of food safety and what role it plays in small business sector, we're now joined by Matlo Sitati. Matlo, good evening and thank you so much for making time for us. Good evening to you, Adrian, and the listeners. Have you ever looked into how we've arrived at where we're currently at, where we have so many groups of children being rushed to hospital because of something that they bought from a hawker or sometimes something that they bought from spaza shops? What is it that's happening? What is happening? I would think uh, the growth in the population and the growth in business in the economy, which is really good. However, I think as South Africans, uh, with all parties involved, government, um, the, 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 the sector, we have somehow lost the way in terms of compliance because we do have great rules and regulations provided by the Department of Health um, in ensuring food safety. And I want to bring in the element of the community in that we are all responsible. So I think we need to go back to basics from all stakeholders to say what is the role that we need to play as the business that is providing food to the community, what are my responsibilities and and, and regulations that I need to follow. Government needs to say what is the enforcement role that I need to be playing and am I doing the correct um, manner, in the correct manner. And for us as industry associations where we come in is that is the support necessary that we are providing to businesses around the country. And as you say that we already have legislation in place when it comes to compliance as well as um, inspection, but we're really failing on that. The Minister of uh, um, Home Affairs has said that they'll try to ramp that up. But then we're also dealing with an issue of does government actually have the budget um, for um, the inspectors that are are required to go and inspect all of these various stores. And as you've said, that the industry is growing and the population is growing as well. And that's why you have the industry growing as well. What can we do in the interim up until we get to a stage where we actually have enough inspectors? Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a critical point where we find ourselves in, unfortunately, uh, where enforcement is not as, as up to par. But what we can do, and also let me touch on what we are doing as an industry association to support law enforcement. We do have a hotline where anyone can call in and report whatever um, uh, suspect um, issues relating to illicit counterfeit and food fraud. And we take the data, analyze it, put a report to the environmental health practitioners and also the police. This is how we play a role in terms of making sure that the community has a way to report uh, immediately when they spot anything that is that is suspect. Yeah. And we, we, we always ask the community to work with us in that regard to make sure that the regulators know because uh, we are still lacking in terms of enforcement. 
Um, have you been able to uh, pick up when it comes to trends? Are these um, food stuff that's actually imported, or is it food stuff that is being produced and manufactured locally? It's a variety of of products, I must say. But the challenge that we find ourselves in, I'll make an example of a water bottle that was purchased in, in, in one of the markets in South Africa. What When we evaluate that bottle, the barcode, if you trace it, you cannot find it on the database uh, in terms of the South African issuances that we issue from, from uh, GS1 South Africa, which is under the CGCSA. And the label only has a phone number. Phone numbers can change at any time. So we, 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 we're trying to say, can we be identifiable as all manufacturers in South Africa? So most of the products that are found, we have um, given um, the verified by GS1 link to law enforcement so that when they go out and, and make sure that they check this product, they utilize the, that, that, that uh, uh, ability to scan a barcode and check who the relevant person is. Because what we find is, and what you may have seen, is that regular products that are South African produced, they are counterfeited. When mm. you open it, it's something else. So the counterfeit can be products that are produced from unauthorized or non-compliant facilities, which you can't even trace where they are until a raid happens and then they pick up that is is yeah. operating at a certain area. So it's a it's a myriad of, of, of challenges that we are faced with, especially pinpointing to the traceability of such establishments. And I guess poverty makes it even worse. But thank you so much for your time. Matlo Sitati, the Executive for Food Safety and Sustainability Initiative at the Consumer Goods Council of South Africa, because one of the points that have been raised before as well is that uh, some of these products that are counterfeit and sometimes expired goods as well is um, because of our high poverty levels and also the expensive price or the expensive cost of buying food some people would opt to rather buy food that has actually expired, which of course comes at a cheaper rate, and then it leads to um, some of the um, issues that we've seen being reported in the news where people end up in hospital.